Well, a good afternoon and a very happy holiday to you, Tanner Hoops. Ryan Stieg with you coming at you from studio. Good Friday before we go into the weekend. It's been a good day for sports as well, especially for Red Wings fans. The 19th of the month, number 19 returns home. Steve Eiserman is back. Uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne, how about Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant? Both with big bounce-back games last night. We've got NFL quarterbacks to break down. Who would you feel comfortable giving a massive contract to? NBA and NHL playoff speculation and updates. All that coming up over the next hour. I've got Ryan Stieg in studio with me. What's up, Ryan? Not too bad. And uh, do you want to do that segment we talked about? Well, of course. Yeah. We also will have that uh, What <clears throat> if you had to have a what-if moment in sports... What would it be? Like, you look at a sports movie, and you're saying, what if this didn't happen? Mm-hmm. What would have been the ending result? Okay? From I put a tweet Jamel Hill put yeah, out Yeah, but a tweet Jamel Hill put out. I answered it last night, and I was seeing if you had a take, or if any of our listeners had a take, where you've wondered <laughs> if this didn't happen, you know? if this What was got, your take? My take was, what if Charlie Conway had messed up the triple deke and mm. missed the net on his shot and the, and the penalty shot in the Mighty Ducks? Oof. Would the Ducks have lost in overtime? That's my theory. (laughs) What if if Gordon Bombay never got that DUI? Yeah. Isn't that the whole reason he had to coach them in the first place? Yeah. It's because he got a DUI and it was community service? Yeah. What if he had stayed sober then? (laughs) (laughs) Or got a cab? Oh, man. Yeah. uh, If Uber had been around in the 90s, then we might have never had the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Although I think that'd be worth it. You know, drinking driving's terrible. Don't do that. Uh, But, yeah, mine, Trey Wingo stole it. Uh, What if... Notre Dame said, "No, Rudy, you're not going to play." No, yeah. they wouldn't. Have, nothing would have. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have been. You know, had this story that the, the Georgia Tech quarterback would have probably <sighs> completed his pass, <laughs> not been sacked, and there you go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Trey Wingo stole mine. The the other question is, you know, some of them, if you have a movie question, like let's say if you're really into Hoosiers, what if Jimmy had mm. missed that shot? The problem with that is it's based on the Milan Miracle where the guy actually made the shot. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was going to make it regardless. So it's like you can't really change it if it's based on a true story. So I don't know. A lot of these movies, you can go back to the beginning of it, and that's where your biggest cause and effect will be. Like, what if Norman Dale never punched his own player when he was at Ithaca and yeah. never got fired and had to take the job at Hickory? What if Jimmy had not come up to that city council meeting <laughs> <laughs> and vouched for Norman Dale? Would the team have been as good as I they play were? if Coach stays? He goes, I go. Yeah. What that if, changed the vote pretty quick. Yeah, it did. That changed up everything. Or, like, you look at... You know, rookie of the year. What if Henry Rowan Gartner had not blown out his arm for a second time when he fell at Wrigley Field? And he had to do the floater pitch <laughs> to save the day. What if he actually just had a strong arm? He would have struck out the side and they would have gone to the playoffs anyway. So. What if Happy Gilmore made the hockey team? He'd have never been a pro golfer. His grandma would have lost her house because he won it back for in that golf tournament. What if he was not able to recover from the Volkswagen Beetle crushing mm. him with that car? You know, yes. his short game would have suffered. He mm-hmm. never would have gotten the drive. And Shooter McGavin would be wearing the gold jacket. Shooter McGavin is the champ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a, yeah. <laughs> Shooter is one of my favorite movie villains, though, if you want to call him a villain. He is the best. Yeah, I kind of like him. Yeah, I mean, and he's got a great Twitter account, too. Tanner <laughs> <laughs> Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're with us. Well, it's now official as of about an hour ago. Steve Eiserman is back, the new general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. They are going to keep Ken Holland, which is a little surprising, but maybe not to be unexpected. You know, he just 
they struggled with him as general manager, but he is staying with the organization. I like this move for Detroit. I mean, the fans are optimistic about it. Should they be? Well, considering they've been clamoring for it for years, I would hope so. (laughs) I mean, it's like you see it on social media. People are, you know, talking about it in the media. Just be like, will Steve Eisenman come back to the Red Wings? It's been going on for a few years now. He's had success in Tampa. Now it's actually happened, so I would hope people are excited about it because it's like if you've been whining about it, you know, or been pleading about it, I would hope this has finally energized you a little bit. Hot take. We can go back to this in a few months when hopefully it happens. His biggest free agent signing will be Artemi Panarin. Hmm. Panarin to the wings this offseason. I'm calling it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because I'm guessing that Columbus is either going to re-sign one or the other between Breadman or Bobrovsky. And I feel like they're going to go with Bobrovsky if they had to pick between the two of them. Okay. I don't think they're going to bring them both back. And I think Detroit is going to be aggressive and go get Panarin. They'll have a really, really good young core up front after that. Do they snag someone from Tampa? Yeah, they might. They might be able to lure somebody out there. It is. There's his former team. Yeah. You know, try to work something out there. I'm not sure which one that would be, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past Iserman to get something done. He's got a good relationship with the guys out there. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> sometimes you see that. You know, my former team, if I leave on good terms, you know, maybe we can work out a deal kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And, uh,. It's not like they're really in direct competition with each other. One's having a significantly better time than the other one. (laughs) So I don't think it's really going to be like, you know, you're given like stuff to, you know, the second seed. You know, you're given a bunch of players to Pittsburgh or Mm -hmm. something like that. So you can make the case right now that Detroit fans are a lot happier than Tampa fans are right now. Because at least they're optimistic more than Tampa fans are. Well, I think the Tampa fans are still optimistic. I think they're just very sore on what just happened. Like, if Tampa's going to make the cup finals, don't win the President's <laughs> Trophy. Because it never, it rarely works out for mm-hmm. you, you know? I don't know what it is, and people pointed out, this is why you don't touch the President's Trophy, you know? Was it Stamkos? Was he the one that did it? I remember, I think I it, it was, because the captain usually accepted. Yeah. So, so, that was a mistake on his part. So, what, I think Tampa's going to be fine. It's just... And the weird thing is, if Columbus had not made that comeback, Mm -hmm. would they have collapsed? You know what I mean? Because it's not like if they had stayed secure and won that game, would they have just completely fallen apart? I don't Mm -hmm. think they would have. They would have probably kept been going strong. But once you give up that big of a, you know, let a team rally from that big of a deficit, it kind of hits you hard and it's hard to bounce back from that. But I think if Tampa had won game one, you know, I think, you'd probably be into Game 5, Game 6 right now in this series. In the way that that series started with a shorthanded goal just a couple of minutes into the game, then a 3 nothing lead, blowing it, and then Columbus comes back and they just keep the momentum going through the rest of the series. How about the amount of comebacks this week? I mean, it, have we ever seen a week with more comebacks, which is kind of appropriate given the holiday? Uh, Tiger, who looked like his career and his life even were in shambles a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of years ago, Wins the Masters on Sunday. Uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral obviously suffered uh, severe damage due to a fire. That's looking like it's about to get set for a big comeback. They've got plenty of donations financially. They look like they're going to be okay. Uh, you had the bounce back from Columbus, and they were able to come back and go all the way through. You had Ben Simmons bounce back. Kevin Durant both bounce back after tough game twos. Looked really good last night. And, of course, you know, it's Holy Week for those celebrating. Uh, celebrating. The biggest comeback in all of history with the uh, crucifixion resurrection. I just thought that was cool. You know, I know not everyone believes that, but uh, it kind of ties in, you know, to the to the whole comeback mantra. Yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. You can throw that in there. Um, St. Louis came back, beat Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, 
God, that frustrated me. I was oh, pulling, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Winnipeg to finally get their act together, and it looks like they were secure. They were up to nothing, and they blew it. So, But it goes to the weird thing with that series. The road team is a team that's playing well. Yeah. So <laughs> that's – but sometimes you have a series like that. Either mm-hmm. the home team wins all the games or the road team wins all the games. It's less of a chance the road team, but that's what's happening in that series. So um, Calgary could be done by the end of the night. Oh, There's a surprise. How good does this Colorado team look top to bottom? I, t- I think they look better top to bottom than Calgary does. Yeah, I would I say so, which is weird considering how good of a year that Calgary had. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Kale comes out from UMass and already is energizing the team. <laughs> and uh, I, I did not see Colorado playing that well. No. And then they've got, I think, the best series of them all. Toronto and Boston is, oh, yeah. is uh, just, <laughs> you don't know who is, you know, just when you think one team's going to, you know, pull ahead, you know, mm-hmm. Toronto did well in game one, Boston did well in game two, Toronto wins game three. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Haymaker after haymaker. Yeah, it's like there's no team that's really emerging right now in that series. So I, that's the one I'm most intrigued about on tonight. <laughs> They'll be playing. I'll be tuning in in the office. So that'll be um, an interesting thing. And then, of course... It's closer to deadline, so I'll be periodically saying the Calgary, Colorado. So game. you're not going to the Globetrotters tonight? No, I will not. I, our our part timer will be there. Okay, he, he, he'll be uh, writing, doing a write up, and feeling entertained tonight. So I thought about going. I haven't seen them in a long time. I've only seen them once, I think, mm. and uh, that was a long time ago. Mm. Uh, maybe they added new tricks and stuff. Like and they could have. And know. maybe the Washington Generals have finally got their <laughs> act together. Uh, back when I played, or when I saw them, they played Brady's Bombers, is what they were called. So, I don't know. Brady's Bombers must have fizzled out. It was a long time ago. Uh, Brady's Bombers? Yeah, that was the name of the team they played. Sponsored by... <laughs> I don't know. Did <laughs> Brady? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm like, okay. But, um, I, I, I want to see... Just once, I want to see the Generals actually have a decent outing. <laughs> you know, where they're not losing by 40, like they keep it close until like the final couple minutes. You know, make a game out of it. Like, uh, so you're not wondering how bad it's going to get. Right. But, yeah. I mean, I love the antics, but you're also kind of hoping something else happens. I'd like to see uh, the Globetrotters sometime. Maybe next time they're coming through. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, a few years ago, about the closest thing I've had to seeing one of those traveling, you know, and it, and it wasn't one of those. It was close to it. Um, back in my hometown, maybe eight years ago, something like that, there was a, there was a little kid who was in a... He wasn't in a car, but he was he was hit by a car, and he was severely injured. Okay. And the there was a school. The school that he went to was a private school, a Catholic school, and they have a great fundraising group. They do a really great job, you know, caring for their parish, their community, and they put on this huge event. It was back when the year that you and I beat Kansas in the men's basketball tournament. Remember that? Yeah. They brought in that UNI team to play a scrimmage against this school's alumni. And that was really cool. You know, getting to see Jordan Eggleseeder. Remember him? The seven footer, the bald guy and then uh and the kid, you know, he recovered. He's playing like ball himself. He's like a, you know, fully healthy kid again, so I guess it worked. Um I saw an interesting league compared to that. Uh, some guys who played, you know, street ball in New York City, who are kind of legends, you know, in Harlem and the Bronx and stuff like that, came to Grand Forks to put on a show, mm-hmm. and uh, they got quality student players 
and players from the college ba- from the UND basketball team, women's and men's, mm. to try to take them on. It didn't go well for them. <laughs> and uh, I thought maybe with the college players they'd put up a little better fight, but uh, no, that wasn't the case. It, was, it, it got out of control pretty bad. A couple minutes we have for the break. Let's go through a few of these other games. Uh, Carolina evens up their series with a 2-1 win over Washington last night. Series is 2-2 as they go back to D.C. And uh, really unfortunate, T.J. Oshie, his season likely done. Really, really tough to see. Yeah. Um, I, I, do you think the Caps should be worried? A little bit. Yeah. I would be. I think everybody was chalking it up like Washington was just going to steamroll them. But mm-hmm. now Carolina's making the series competitive. The bunch of jerks, man. Mm-hmm. And Oshie's <laughs> gone. It all started with Zion Williamson. Remember his video? Yeah. yeah. You know, don't cut out the bunch of jerks. I think... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think if Carolina takes the next game, I think they're going to come out on top just because I think Washington's mm-hmm. just on their heels a little bit now and, you know, knock the Stanley Cup defending champs off a little bit. I think they'll be okay. So I think if they win the next game, they'll be okay. San Jose avoids elimination. They beat Vegas 5-2 last night. Martin Jones really hasn't played well in this series. Peter DeBoer showed confidence leaving him in net last night. Do you think he looked more confident? I think he did. It was a little interesting decision because mm-hmm. um, everybody was thinking Jones isn't going to play the rest of the series because he's been playing awful. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe it was just the, hey, you know, the coach showing faith in his player, you know, which I understand that argument, but I don't know. It's like I probably would have taken him out because it's like it's not like he was playing, you know, somewhat well. Right. You know, he was playing bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was getting blitzed, yeah. yeah. So it's like it was weird just – now the question is, yeah, congrats, you just won this game and staved off him late elimination. Next game, is he going to get blitzed again? You know, <laughs> like so, how uh, early do you yank him if yeah, he yeah. starts getting? Yeah, first goal of the game. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Aaron Dell. Remarkably shortly. <laughs> uh, tell you what, I did not expect Dallas to be putting up the fight that they are against Nashville, but they're tied two two. Yeah. Um, Nashville has its own rock and arena, that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And then Dallas is putting up a much better fight. Do you think they pull it off? I think they're going to. I don't think so. I think Nashville's just, their upside is too good for them to lose in the first round. Maybe it's just because I'm feeling all the upsets right mm-hmm. now, but I think they're going to do it. I'm, it's just this feeling right now. So. All right. All right. I'm, I'm gambling a little bit, but hey. If the guy from Jeopardy who throws like, who bets the farm like every time he's out there, I mean, why not? I'll pick a bunch of upsets. Uh, does Colorado end the series tonight, or does Calgary live to see one more? I think they get. I think they finish the job. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. I just I, Colorado is is the underdog, mm-hmm. you know. So technically. It would be the upset, so I'm going with Colorado on that one. I just think Calgary looks, looks sunk right now. Yeah. <laughs> they just look off their game. You know, probably should have won that last game and didn't, so I think they're done. Good try, Calgary. Go out and upgrade in net next time. Mike Smith had his playoff peak in game one. Poor Mike Smith. Mike, Mike Smith is that guy who's been around the league forever that you forget is actually <laughs> in the league, but then he'll come in and play fairly decent in the playoffs, and he'll be like, oh, yeah. Mike Smith, <laughs> yeah, he's still there, and but then you know he's still Mike Smith, and he never gets to where he should be. So, 
Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We'll take our first time out when we come back. Who had a better bounce back last night, Kevin Durant or Ben Simmons? We'll break it down next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Band. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're with us. The NBA playoffs continue to heat up. You got three games coming up this evening, but last night, plenty of storylines to break down there. You had Philadelphia blowing past Brooklyn 131 to 115 to take a 2 1 series lead. The Spurs a 2 1 series lead after a 118 108 win over Denver. And the Warriors bounce back, taking down the Clippers 132 to 105. Another 2 1 lead, this time for the Warriors. So all six teams that played last night reached the century mark, scored in triple digits, so defense dead and as always in the NBA. Uh, offense continues to be live and well. Uh, 76ers, let's start there because Tobias Harris finally looked like the guy that they brought him in for. He had a really bad game one, better in game two. He was really good last night, especially early on, starting four for four from behind the arc. Yeah, it was a good uh, good night for him. And do you think do you think they're in control now? Overall, I think if New Jersey, uh, New, New Jersey, Jersey, how many years ago was that? That's minus five points for me. Uh, Brooklyn, it's a must win for them. Yeah, Game four is a must so win, and after that, you know, it's over. Which you know is kind of appropriate because mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets are in the league, and you kind of forget that they're actually in the league, <laughs> <laughs> or you forget that they're actually in Brooklyn. Uh, it's it, mm-hmm. I, I, it's just not a good fit. It's like when they threw the Islanders right. in, in Brooklyn. It just didn't make any sense. But but yeah, I think I think the Sixers are in control. They finally got their act together after that game one surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think they're going to be a force in the playoffs. Um, I think maybe Eastern Conference Finals. After that, it's. Mm. I think the East is more up in the air, much more than the West. Well, Ben Simmons had a personal vendetta going into last night's game. He played 38 I, minutes. I love Vendetta. Vendetta, isn't that <laughs> yeah. nice? Yeah. It's a good movie, too. Mm-hmm. V for Vendetta. Uh, ben Simmons, 38 minutes, 31 points, 9 assists, 11 of 13 from the field, and again, none of it from behind the three-point line because he's 6'10 and can't shoot. And he had a personal vendetta going in this because of some comments made by Jared Dudley of the Nets, who said that he wasn't taking shots at Simmons. He said, you know, he's a good enough guy in transition, uh, but if you get him in the half court, you know, that's how you defend against him. Simmons took exception to it, and the night was all kind of summed up when Dudley airballs a three and Simmons gives him the LeBron-style stare down. Huge bounce back for Ben Simmons after, you know, he, he... he struggled a little bit early on in the series. And <clears throat> definitely uh, made his most of the time. Mm-hmm. 38 minutes, 31 points, yeah. It's a pretty efficient it's night. It's a pretty efficient night. I guess a question I've always wondered about is the whole personal vendetta thing. Is it just, are these guys just really thin-skinned? You a lot know? of Because <laughs> it's like, if some guy says something that's remotely involving you do you really take that and like okay i gotta score 40 points on this guy to make because it's like or can you just move past it a lot of these guys are insecure about their place in history and where the rankings would have you are going to remember them it's just i mean i understand if this guy just keeps poking the bear Mm -hmm. and is just like constantly bashing you but it's like it's like a side comment and you're like Oh, I gotta make up for this. It's like, no, just play the game, dude. <laughs> it's like you don't need to stuff it in someone's face. Just go out there and do what you do. I just, I don't, I don't understand personal stuff unless the guy is personally going after you, you know, or like is constantly 
you got some crazy Spike Lee, Reggie Miller thing going on where there's constant jawing back and forth. But it's like little stuff like this. It's like, get over it. Well, when you're Ben Simmons, you're being criticized for your lack of a three-point shot. He needed something like You just wanted a little motivation, and, you know, they try to... Try to get that anywhere they can. It's kind of funny how you can be 6'10 and I'll be criticized for your lack of a Mm three-point shot. I mean, back then, you know, just a few years ago, it's like if you were 6'10, people wouldn't expect you to be taking a three-point shot. Kevin Durant has had a really tough series, but that changed last night. Ejected already in this series. Patrick Beverly shut him down early on. Uh, Last night, he bounced back in a big way. 38 points in 30 minutes. Uh, four rebounds, seven assists, but he was efficient from the floor, 14 to 23, three of 10 from behind the arc, seven of eight at the foul line. Who had a better bounce back game last night? Was it Durant or Simmons? I'd probably lean towards Simmons yeah. just because I think people are expecting Kevin Durant to just get his act together at some <laughs> point. So that didn't surprise me. Ben Simmons, maybe a little bit more. So I'd go more towards Simmons, but that's just my. Looking around the rest of the NBA playoffs, and again, everybody still alive. We haven't gotten to the point where we've had elimination games yet. Uh, You've got Toronto and Orlando this evening. They are playing game three of their best-of-seven series, tied at 1-1. I still think Toronto is going to be okay after letting game one slip away at home. Uh, But Orlando absolutely has to split. They cannot lose both on their home floor if they want to have any chance of taking this series. Yeah, I think Toronto is going to be fine, which is how... Wacky is the East, you mm-hmm. know, because the Orlando Magic, does anybody really, <laughs> you know, feeling the Magic right now? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's weird because you get in teams that you wouldn't expect to be there and you're just like, oh yeah, Orlando exists. <laughs> Still kind of a thing. So, I don't know. The East fascinates me. Uh, Portland is at OKC tonight. I feel like almost both of these are going to be must-wins for OKC. Down in the series 2 nothing, they're playing the against next two good, on their home floor. Against a good Portland team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Portland's going to be fine. I think they're going to merge out of this in good shape. It's funny how OKC's really fallen off since Durant left. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not the same team. As much as Westbrook does his thing, it's like they went from being, you know, fighting the Warriors, you know, kings of the West, to... They're there, but yep. nobody expects you to win the West anymore. It's it's interesting the fall off there. We talk about personal vendettas. How about the one Russell Westbrook has against Damian Lillard right now? Lillard is baiting Russ into a one-on-one mano a mano series almost. That Russ is baiting, or excuse me, Russ is being baited by Dame. Damian is basically saying, anything you can do. I'm going to do better. Not I can, but I'm going to do better in this series. And it's forcing Russ to put up a bunch of long-range jump shots and three-pointers. And a lot of the time, the series has become a three-point contest between Russ and between Dame. And that certainly favors Damian Lillard. He's a much better outside shooter. I mean, is that something you're seeing, too? Russ is trying to prove himself by taking a lot of bad shots and shooting his team out of games? Is he is he pulling a Ben Simmons? Some guy's in my face, so i got to make up for it. Probably even worse than Ben <laughs> Probably Simmons. Probably more so, because this is actually two guys going at it. He's being baited. So, But, you know, you can't be baited. No. You know, that's the thing. And it's like, I think that's what's happening. He's putting up bad shots because it's getting to him. He's got to answer, and it's... I don't know. I I feel like he just needs to do what he does, you know, and mm-hmm. don't think about anything else. Just focus on what you do well, and 
you know, have your teammates come through for you, which is, you know, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this is... I, if this is by design by Damian Lillard, this is genius because he knew the guy to go after, the guy with the ego and the thin skin and Russell Westbrook. He knew that as long as he can get Russ to feel insecure about his game, comparing it to Damian Lillard's, that Russ is going to try and match him. Even if the team doesn't win, Russ wants to be the guy that's talked about as the guy who had the better series between him and Dame. So how do you do that? You try to score. People are going to remember scoring, and that means putting up a bunch of three-pointers. Damien is significantly better from behind the arc than Russ is. Damien's making those shots. Russ is not. And because of that, Russ is shooting his team out a lot of these games. It's almost like, let's say, Damien Lillard is McDonald's, and Russell Westbrook is Pizza Hut, and they challenge each other to have a contest. Who can create a better burger? McDonald's is going to win that. It's like Damian and Russ right now are trying to see who can put up better offensive numbers, primarily from behind the three-point line. Damian's going to win that every day of the week. That's an interesting comparison. Thank you. <laughs> you could do like a McDonald's or Burger King kind of thing. Who has the better burger? No, no. no it's got to be pizza. one that specializes in one and something that specializes in something else. Okay. So you've got a pizza place and a burger place in Well, you know, way back in the day, way back in the day, McDonald's tried to get into the pizza business. Did they really? Yeah, like back in the 80s. Is that right? I looked into that. I wonder what that <laughs> tastes like. like. must not have been very good. No. So you could reverse it. McDonald's tried to get into the pizza game, failed. Okay, <laughs> then, then Russell is McDonald's <laughs> and McDonald's. Dane is pizza. Go. There you go. There we go. Now the, now the <laughs> comparison makes a little more sense, but... McDonald's tried to do, like, we can do everything, mm -hmm. you know, we compete with everything. I think they tried to do a taco or some point at one point. Didn't so. IHOP try to do burgers? Is that still a thing? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's, That's... one IHOP special mm -hmm. thing yeah. they got going on. But, uh, yeah, I Russ needs to just focus on him and don't get baited and just don't put up threes just to put up threes. Like, mm -hmm. Do it, you do best. That's what you need to do. Boston and Indiana, game three of their series tonight as the series goes to Indianapolis. Boston ended game two on a 29-9 run to take a 2-0 series lead. Tell you what, Durant with 38 points last night. Everyone wants to give him a lot of credit. Simmons, 31 points. Everyone gives him credit, as they should. How about Kyrie's 37 the other night? It's not getting anything like the media attention those twos are getting. Do you feel like it's because Kyrie's the forgotten player now, even though he's on Boston? I don't know if it's that. You know, I think there's a lot of... I kind of wish he was a forgotten player and he wouldn't leave Boston, but I think he's attractive enough that he's going to get a lot of offers here in free agency. Or maybe because it's his team, mm -hmm. you know, now, because he was always overshadowed by LeBron, mm -hmm. and some people are thinking, oh, maybe he's not... He can't carry a team. You know, like LeBron did. Mm -hmm. and maybe they're moved on and shifted to other players. You know, and Durant can hold his own, and Ben Simmons is younger, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because Boston's underwhelming. I mean, they shouldn't be struggling like this with an Oladipo-less Pacers team. They just shouldn't be struggling this way. No, and uh, as as much as I like the Pacers, they just they shouldn't be in the same league with them. No, and it's and they're letting them the way. So. I don't that, get it. That might have something to do with it, with why Kyrie's not getting the same <laughs> love Simmons because, and Durant. Yeah, it's because their their opponent is sticking around and not going away. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you a timeout. In wake of what Russell Wilson got earlier this week, that's a brand new contract, a very lucrative contract. Which quarterback would you feel comfortable giving a contract like that to? We'll break it down next in the Sports Pan on ESPN-UP.
Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Good Friday afternoon. Here is your Sports Center update. The Jacksonville Jaguars are exploring the possibility of utilizing drones capable of producing artificial clouds to provide fans with extra protection from the sun at Jacksonville home games. You ever heard of that? Apparently drones can make artificial clouds, and Sadiq Khan's looking at bringing that to Jaguar games. It's almost like a Friday funny kind of story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, North Carolina women's basketball coach Sylvia Hatchell has resigned. Hatchell was suspended by the school last month. She was accused of making racist remarks toward her players. And finally, a woman in Kentucky has been arrested after downing four shots of vodka in front of her middle school class, which she was substitute teaching. She was arrested with a blood alcohol content of .317 and was charged with public intox. In front Uh of of the kids? Yeah. Shows up to the classroom, takes four shots, and teaches class. I really want to get arrested with a bang. I'm subbing for middle schoolers? No, I've worked <laughs> with middle schoolers. That's not that hard. It's like I, I taught middle schoolers. I worked in, you know, I've worked with sixth graders, seventh graders. It's, I mean, it's not easy, but I mean, you don't need to drink on the job to get through it. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, in addition to Good Friday, we continue with Holy Week. It is National Garlic Day today. Really? Yeah. You like garlic? In small doses, like in my food, Mm -hmm. you don't chew on it. I like garlic on some stuff. Yeah, I mean, Italian food, it flows well a little bit. Uh, You know, it it also protects you from vampires. Supposedly. Yeah, you know, Holy Week, you never know what's coming (laughs) at you, so keep garlic in mind. There you go. Well, I tell you what, I've been working on this for about a week now since the Russell Wilson contract announcement came out. I've been ranking NFL quarterbacks. I took the 32 teams and projected their starting quarterbacks, who I'm assuming is going to start for them in week one this season. And I put them in not necessarily rankings, one to 32, but in tiers, you know, like an elite tier, an excellent tier, an above average tier, and so on. And then I took those quarterbacks. And I posed myself with the question, would I give this guy a max 8- to 10-year contract and make him my franchise quarterback? I came up with a list of yes, no's, and maybes. And I need your help with the maybes. Okay, what do you got? So here's what, here's I'll start with the big list. Um, I have three quarterbacks in the elite category, in no particular order, Rodgers, Breeze, and Brady. You know, those are my top three in the NFL right now. Makes sense. The next tier I have as excellent, and that's top 10. Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Watson was the one that was tough for me. I went back and forth on that one. He'd probably go in 10th out of those guys. I would say Roethlisberger's borderline at this really? point in his career. <laughs> Considering he's hated by all his Well, teammates. yeah, but he still won the passing title. Yeah, you know, it's like I would say he's more towards the bottom of your excellent mm-hmm. thing, so... Then I have the next six, so it'll give me a top 16. It'll be halfway as above average. I went Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Those are the guys that I have as above average. That's about where the line goes for me as far as the top half and the bottom half of NFL starting quarterbacks. Go through them again. I think I I agree with you on Jimmy's about there. Bottom six? Yeah. Well, at least 11 through 16. Yeah, yeah. 
In no particular order, Jared Goff, I Carson Wentz, Dak yeah. Prescott, yeah. Matt Ryan, yeah. Baker Mayfield, uh-huh. and Jimmy Garoppolo. You could say Matt Ryan is almost like somewhat getting into the excellent territory. If he would have won that Super Bowl. Yeah, there, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so here's what I have. As I looked at some of these guys, guys that are in their early 30s, they're in their 20s, if I would give these guys contracts 8 to 10 years, give them Russell Wilson money, probably exceed Russell Wilson, would I be okay with giving them that kind of a contract, letting them be my franchise quarterback? As good as Breeze and Rodgers and Brady are, they all no. went in the no category because, you know, they're not going to be around in eight When they're already maxed. Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't need it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so these are the guys that I did put in the yes category, the guys that I am going to put in there. Patrick Mahomes, he's at the forefront of that list. He's going to break the record next year, presumably. Yeah, very much He'll so, get yeah. $45 million a year. I'd still give it to Andrew Luck at 29, coming off injury. I think he's bounced back very enough for me so, to yeah. trust him. Russell Wilson, I put him on there. I agree with the fact that he got his money. Cam Newton was tough for me. I put him in the yes column. He's twenty nine. Yes. Yeah. The way that he's, you know, the way he plays makes me worried. What he's going to be like if I gave him a ten year contract? If he can still play this way and be effective at thirty nine? But he's built well enough. I think he'll stay fairly healthy. Yeah. So I, I'd I'd give I Cam the money. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I did say yes. I liked what I saw out of him this year, especially with a better offensive coordinator. I think that uh, I'm going to like, well, I shouldn't say he had the same offensive coordinator throughout, a better head coach in the second half of the year. His numbers went up. I think I would pay Baker and make him my franchise quarterback. Me too. I could see that. And the last one I put on that list is Jimmy Garoppolo. And that one was tough for me too because he is coming off injury, but I see the ceiling still as being very high for him. And he's still 27 years old. And when he plays, he plays very well. So, yeah, I can see that one. I would give Jimmy Garoppolo that kind of money. Here are the quarterbacks I said no for. That as of right now, subject to change, if something happens, they impress me later in their career, I would not give these guys a max long-term deal right now. Josh Allen from Buffalo. No. I don't know many guys who would. Josh Rosen. They say the upside is there. Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't it, seen yet. it yet. No. I haven't seen enough from This one was tougher for me, too. Jared Goff. Because I know he just brought his team to the Super Bowl, but did was he it, really bring his yeah, team to the Super Yeah, was it really Bowl? him? Yeah. No. I think they can upgrade at the quarterback I position. Yeah, I don't think too. they will, but I think they could. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I would need to see another year out of right. him. Yeah. So here are the quarterbacks I have in the maybe category. You can help me decide, should I pay these guys the max long-term or not? Deshaun Watson. I want to because of his potential, but his inability to stay healthy scares me. Well, that's my theory, too. (laughs) It's like I'm leaning towards no just because the inability to stay healthy. Yeah. Carson Wentz, similar situation. Also the inability to stay healthy. Plus the locker room situation that's somewhat going on. I would say no to him. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, Foles, Nick Foles outplayed you. He did. He did. <laughs> and if I still had Nick Foles, then yeah, I would tell yeah. Wentz to go walk. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky. No. 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 Okay. Why is that? I need another year out of him. Because, yeah, he didn't look overly impressive with John Fox. And, uh, yeah, no, and I don't like John Fox to begin with. So, um, But he did look good with uh, with the new coaching he staff. He did, and a lot of the Bears' success was on D, though. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I wouldn't go max on him yet. Lamar Jackson. Again. I mean, well, he just took over the starting role, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he did okay, but, I mean, I don't think he's ready for – a max deal. I haven't yet. seen enough yet. From yeah, him. no. Joe, is Joe Flacco elite? Do we need to go into this? <laughs> <laughs> Last one I have in the maybes list is Dak Prescott. No, no. I, I, I've never really 
been impressed with Dak Prescott. I, I haven't either. <laughs> you know, it's it, people get high on him. He'll have a decent game or two, but then he'll have an atrocious game. Mm-hmm. And they rely so much on Elliott, you know, for their offense. Yeah. And it's just, I don't see him as a guy who can take over a game and, be, and lead you to a victory. You know, like, I could see that. But before he got maxed out with Max with sure. Matt Ryan, I can see that with Matt Ryan, but uh, he's already maxed out, so that's not even a question. But like, yeah, I I gotta you gotta prove something to me. Like you led your team on a comeback. You mm-hmm. specifically led your team to the playoffs. That you know you deserve it. Not that I I exist on a team <laughs> and they're doing well, but it really doesn't have anything to do with me. I think his offensive line is more pertinent to the Cowboys' yeah. success than Dak is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's easy to play decent if you have nobody coming at you in a pass <laughs> rush, and even if he doesn't have anybody, he still doesn't contribute all that much. So no. Not a fan. Uh, I tell you what, we end the week with the Friday funnies. You got a pretty full list, do you not? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. good. You yeah. want to take our last break a little early? Sure. Get to it then? Sure, we All got right. it. All right, let's do that. Friday funnies next in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. And before we get to the Friday Funnies, breaking news out of East Lansing, we've got Michigan State Hoops news to report. Nick Ward did declare for the NBA draft. Cassius Winston did not. He is returning for his senior season. That is a huge get for Izzo and the Spartans. And Nick Ward losing, leaving is a huge loss for the Dumbass <laughs> and the Spartans. So. Uh, hey, would you rather does have it, does, it ba- does it balance out a little bit there? Uh, I think there's a little more upside to keeping okay. Winston. I'd rather okay. keep Winston instead. Well, I would too, but you know, does it, you know, you're keeping one good guy even though you're losing one good right. guy. Right. Yeah. So, I, good news for the Spartan fans. You know, I, I'm glad Winston stuck around. I don't know. It's like I kind of like it when a guy tries to finish out his year mm-hmm. with a college team instead of immediately going to the draft. Um, there's some people out there who think the money's always going to be there. No, I don't quite understand that concept. Like, if you're a freshman, you're leaving right away. It's like, you know, stay another year, maybe get a little more seasoned. But if you're a junior, it's like, okay, you're given right up one year. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So, but uh, it's a good thing for the Spartans. Nick Ward leaving hurts a little bit, but Winston coming back is a good good thing for them. Cassius Winston will return to the Spartans next season. Nick Ward will not. So that's the breaking news out of East Lansing today. We'll monitor it. We'll see if we get anything else breaking in the last 15 minutes, but we've got the Friday funnies to end the work week. Yeah, uh, we got some, an interesting list here. Uh, to start off, um, a New York Red Bulls soccer player was in the middle of the game, got frustrated. So, you know, people do stuff when they're frustrated. They tend to throw stuff. He decided to kick the ball out of frustration, kicks a little too hard, veers into the crowd, drills a fan right in the face. Fan's face is bleeding, needs medical attention. Now, you said you had an incident that you talked about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Hockey incident. Yeah, yeah, where some guys were... frisbee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, frisbee went, hit a woman. She thought somebody was a heckling fan behind her, thought it was him. So she takes the frisbee, tries to throw it and hit him, and misses him, goes about two rows deep, and (laughs) smokes some little kid in the face. So that's... That's that. Yeah, yeah. So you always got to be on the lookout when you're mm. a fan. You know, watch for flying pucks, watch for balls, watch for bats flying into the crowd. Now, apparently, watch for soccer balls <laughs> when guys get frustrated and take out their frustration on it. Was so, it a kid? 
Um, I think it was actually an adult is what okay. I saw. But if, if it was a kid, it would hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, as long as it's not an elderly adult. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, like people, you know, people really get worried if a kid gets hit. You mm-hmm. know, if you're an adult, you're <laughs> some people have the logic as if you're an adult, well, you shouldn't have been sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So um, I think he's going to be okay. He didn't need medical attention, which I'm not surprised. He was bleeding, yeah. <laughs> you know, over your face. I mean, I've seen, I've been at... NMU hockey games where pucks go into the pr- crowd and people get hit and yep. it hurts really bad. So. I've been hit by a puck before, actually twice. I almost got hit in the face twice with pucks. I wasn't a spectator, though. I was being Pierre Maguire between the benches. Oh, between the benches, yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah, one time was uh, during the 2017 Clark Cup final, game five. Kept the puck. Okay. Little souvenir. When I was at NMU once... Uh, a Bemidji player uh, shot one a little high, came over the net, bounced right in front of me, and almost hit me, but mm. it bounced right in front of me. I got a souvenir. There you so go. It worked out for me. Yeah. Um, and then bench is cleared after the Royals game. Yeah, the Royals-White Sox game, some people have heard Tim Anderson's little celebration after he hit that home run, did a little flip the bat, slight little dance, and then the Royals, who feelings were hurt, you know, hit him with a ball. And uh, then the benches were cleared over that. I've written columns about this. I hate the unwritten rules of baseball because it's like we were talking about thin-skinned people before. Baseball, it's almost like pitchers are extremely Mm thin-skinned. This guy hit a home run off me. I'm sad. I need to throw stuff. (laughs) Throw something at this guy. It's like, well, pitch better. (laughs) You know, it's like... I, I, I enjoy fun and games. I want people to mm-hmm. express themselves. And there's some people who just absolutely hate it. Like, And then Danny Cannell's little rant the oh, other boy. day on Twitter. You know, the Don Cherry. Of, <laughs> of I love that. Yeah, because it's what he is. I, I, don't, I, don't, I love fun. And then Major League Baseball sends out the tweet <laughs> saying, hey, let the kids play. Enjoy this. And then they suspend him. And for then his, like five minutes later, they announce suspensions for Anderson and Brad Keller, the yeah, pitcher. It's like, let them play to a moment. And then they get suspended. For I him. did love that fight, though, because the managers were going after each other. Ned Yost and Rick Renteria were going at each other in that one. You don't see the managers usually get out. They usually no. get upset with their players, right. you know, for getting involved. But in I, this case, Renteria was barking at the Royals players to get back in their dugout, and Ned Yost went up and got in Renteria's face, and they started grabbing each other. Huh. Yeah, well, they had to be held back. I always love it when there's brawls, when the bullpen guys mm. sprint, you know, from the bullpen, thinking that they're going to contribute <laughs> in any way. By the time they get there, even if you run fast, it's already started to die out. So... You're looking stupid running as fast as you possibly can and then thinking you're going to throw a couple haymakers when you're down there. I don't know. It's like you're a bullpen pitcher. They so, had to do something after yeah. the Reds and Pirates a few weeks Yeah, yeah. Ago. Tried to, you know, quiet things down a little the bit. The stupidest thing about that, though, is when a guy hits a home run off, he does the bat flip, and then you hit the next guy. Like, he didn't even do anything. Yeah, he just yeah, hit his teammate yeah, just because yeah, he's the yeah, next yeah, guy Yeah, that, that makes even less sense, okay? As stupid as it is to go after that guy, but the next guy comes to the plate and you're going to hit him? Mm-hmm. It's like, what did he do? <laughs> it's like, you're even more thin-skinned if you do that. Speaking of craziness involving somewhat baseball, a Florida grandmother used her softball skills to bash a burglar in the dome with a bat. (laughs) So she's looking outside. She sees this guy. He's 300 pounds, huge guy, trying to break into her car. She peeks out the window. 
He sees her, charges at her. She gets in her softball stance and just cracks the guy <laughs> in the head with a baseball bat. And she says, like, that's her weapon. Now, think twice about going after this lady. I mean, she, you know, softball players never lose that talent. You know, if, if they were power. swing. Yeah, if they were power hitters back then, they're still power hitters, even if they've started to age a little bit. I like the thought of carrying around something like that. You know, you know, I've got the cans of mace and pepper spray. I'm sure that's effective. I've never had to use it, but, you know. I like the thought just, of having just a big walk, old club to be Just walking to. around with a baseball bat or a I, hockey stick or I something. I sleep with a cricket bat next to my bed, just in case. I don't live in a, a bad cr- neighborhood. A cricket bat? Cricket bat. Why that? Why not? Okay, I just uh, <laughs> was wondering what made you choose cricket you know, over It's big and flat. It's made of wood. It hurts. Okay. You know, I don't live in a bad neighborhood. I live in a nice place. I just watch so many, like, slasher movies. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little paranoid. I, <laughs> I worry about you. I've got <laughs> some weird habit. You should have seen me eat lunch today. You would have known what I'm talking about. Do you carry the cricket back around with you? Now? No, it's the way I eat a sandwich. Today I got a sandwich for lunch today. I'm a huge mustard guy. Mustard is my favorite common. It didn't always used to be, but now it is. So you know how when you go to a sandwich shop and they drizzle the mustard on your sandwich, they always do it on the bottom half, and then they put the top half of the bread on there. So I like to eat my sandwich upside down because it's like the mustard cascading onto your tongue from the bottom to the top because you flipped it upside down. I actually can kind of understand yeah. it. Do you know that they tell you with hamburgers if you eat them at a restaurant because they pile so much stuff on there? Mm-hmm. It's suggested that you flip it over and, Is that eat, right? and you eat your burger upside down because it'll keep everything compact because the <laughs> bottom bun is always smaller, right? <laughs> so it can't. Control all the toppings. You flip it over, all the toppings are on the bigger part of the bun, and it uh, keeps its texture. By the way, I did also didn't know there's hot dog etiquette. Is it really? Apparently, according to hot dog purists, you're not allowed to eat put ketchup on your hot dog after the age of 18. Is that right? Because you're childish, apparently, in these people's <laughs> minds. I didn't know that was okay. I I like stuff on my hot dogs. Mm. I didn't know that I am now forbidden from putting ketchup. So there you go. I am over 18. I guess I'm not supposed to have ketchup on a hot dog. So I I will try to abide by those rules the next time I am at a ballpark. Um, Next time, uh, we were talking about this. Mike Wilbon lost his mind. Yeah. Uh, There was people watching the Masters. Well, there's always a replay. There's a tape that they put in so everybody can watch it again. And Mike Wilbon was upset because in D.C., the the D.C. Network's, cut into the Masters rebroadcast and talked about tornado warnings. And he got upset over that. Why couldn't they wait until it was over? This is a tape. This is a replay of something that happened earlier the day. You know what happened. <laughs> you know? And if you still, if that messes you up, you can go find the footage online and rewatch it. But him just going haywire over that. Now, people already get upset over this when they jump into your games and warn you of stuff. Mm-hmm. The only time I got a, I've gotten upset with that is when the, uh, the message came through when I'm watching a football playoff game. Mm-hmm. And it came through and then did the exact same thing like two minutes later. Okay, it's going to snow tomorrow. And then, okay, two minutes later, we're reminding you it's going to snow. <laughs> okay, I didn't need the second reminder. I mean, I appreciate you letting me know, but I didn't need to hear it again. You know, I would imagine that 
for the majority of the country, the most times that's happened to somebody is exactly like you said during the NFL playoffs because those are in January when a lot of snowstorms are happening. Depending on the region of the country, you might get a hurricane warning. Yeah. Those would happen in the summer. Tornado warnings they probably happen in the summer. Yeah. Or f- you, you hear about floods sometimes too. Yeah, if you're in, you yeah, um, but that part was just like, okay, you just told me it's going to snow a lot tomorrow, <laughs> and then you're telling me five minutes later that it's going to snow a lot tomorrow. It's like, okay, I've, I'm clear with that now. Um, so that happened. Uh, next one. Do you want to do some passing gas ones? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. For we talked about this. Did we talk about this last week, Max Kellerman, or did we talk we about this? We did no. not. Okay, so you know we had this. There was this debate over someone. There's an alleged fart that happened on first take, and there was this huge investigation put forth by Dan Lebatard. Yes, the Dan Lebatard show. Deadspin did it too, and I think Barstool might have looked into it also. Mm-hmm. And this analysis, because there's three people in the room. Who was the one that did it? So they looked at the videotape and everybody's reaction to it. And it was Stephen A. Smith, Max Clareman, and who was the... Molly Quirm. Yeah. Who was the one who did it? And the first thought was that it was Max Kellerman. Mm. And he had to defend himself. He went on Dan Levitard because they started talking and they did a whole few they accused, Yeah, they accused him of it. And then he, he called in and defended himself. And defended himself. While Stephen A. Smith now defends the honor of Max Kellerman. And when some guy, I guess, called into the show, whatever show he was on, said uh, Stephen A. Smith called him an incompetent fool, you're an idiot, and that was a flat-out lie, then Max Kellerman did that. And, and then said it's a natural thing. People should not make a big deal out of this. But then he offered the wiggle room by saying, sure, something might have happened during the show. And then when you allude to that, that you're saying some, something might have happened. It probably did happen. <laughs> and now you're all trying to – no, it's the two guys are doing damage control right, right. now. Why isn't Molly doing that? She probably did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's focusing on the two guys, you know. It's like there was a third person in the room, you know. You got to look into that a little more. They actually had Dan and Stugatz go on first take with them the next day, and they further discussed this. They literally spent time on one of the highest grossing, maybe the highest grossing sports talk show <laughs> in American television, and they talked about farting on it. Yeah. Yeah. During the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. And it was the highest rated segment of first take. Well, you got to just, you got wacky stuff that's going on. (laughs) You got to do investigative pieces somehow. Well, the Sixers had it happen to them too. Mm. The Sixers are in their game. Um, They're getting shots of the bench. I can't remember. It was like they were doing some analysis and they did a close up on the Sixers bench and it's where the centers and the power forwards are sitting mm-hmm. and all of a sudden all the guys in that area start making weird faces and start waving their hands in front of their face and one guy puts his, his face underneath his t-shirt so apparently in that little segment someone had passed gas on the Sixers bench and everybody's having that debate now we're looking at who did it and now the theory is that Amir Johnson did it because mm-hmm. he was acting like nothing happened whereas everybody else is reacting to He's probably on his phone. Yeah. So now there's that investigation. So people are like, we had the big one at first take. Now they're analyzing what happened on the Sixers bench. Is it with all these media members? Because Dan Levitard, they were still talking about it today, and they emptied what they called the fart folder, and they played all these ESPN personalities who allegedly farted on air. Uh, Mike Ditka was one of them. Jim Tom Sula, which I could... 
totally see. Well, didn't he do that in a press conference? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, those are two people who had probably no problems doing that on the air. <laughs> Ditka tried to blame it on Boomer. Because oh, yeah. I think it happened on the set of Monday Night Football. Nobody's going to believe Mike Ditka <laughs> <laughs> on that. I, I, I've never farted on air. Um, burped a couple of times, yeah. It. That that has happened. Yeah, you know, well, everybody's coughed. Yeah, because you know you're drinking stuff. Right. You know, but uh, that that's that's a new one. That and I love the analysis. So this has been going on for a week now. <laughs> like they are consistently getting high rated segments because of this. Yeah. So it makes you wonder now: Is everybody on first take like on notice? You know, like. <laughs> constantly paranoid if i cough is this going to be analyzed <laughs> oh, so that's that's a fun one and then to close it up we're going to talk with the ncaa continuing to be dumb mm. they go after the cal poly basketball team and how they gave athletes too much money for textbooks and school supplies okay they set the ncaa said cal poly overestimated how much money it could give players players for textbooks and course supplies the funny thing is only 72 players out of the 265 athletes over the course of a three-year period received more money Mm. grand total in almost three years it was sixteen thousand one hundred eighty dollars with that cal poly could get as up to a two-year probation a five thousand dollar fine and vacating the only postseason ncaa appearance that they've had Mm. in the tournament over that Mm. Seems rather extreme over overestimating how much money you can give for a student for their textbooks. Compared to the other schools that were in that report, like North Carolina getting off scot-free? Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they, the NCAA knows where the money is. They yeah. know who is going to generate profits hey, hey, hey. $16,000, man. <laughs> and giving rid of your only postseason appearance mm-hmm. over that? Okay, it's not like you like pulled a Rick Patino or something <laughs> like that. But Deadspin ended it with probably the most accurate way to describe the mm-hmm. NCAA. They said the NCAA is like Batman if all he did was go around and beat up Jaywalk. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's an accurate description because they go all hardcore on the most minor things. But then if something serious happens, like what happened in North Carolina, they're clueless on how to deal with it. So, yeah, that's a pretty accurate description. Now, you know, someone robs a bank, Batman completely ignores that, and that guy, oh, he over he, his library book is overdue. I got to go take care of that guy. So, yeah, I thought that was a good description. There is not a problem in the world that Dick Vitale doesn't think Rick Patino could solve. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Patino, man. What <laughs> you a think guy. He'll ever coach again? <laughs> well, if Dave Bliss can get jobs, <laughs> you know, after what he did, I I think it's a distinct possibility. It's probably not going to be at a big program. No. You'll have to start over, like, maybe at a smaller D1 school or Without something. Without an NBA assistant. I don't know if Patino would be okay with that. I think his yeah. ego's too big to actually want to be an assistant. Mm-hmm. I think he'd want to have his own program. You know, i got got to do illegal stuff on my own. <laughs> I don't want to have to go through someone to do illegal stuff. I want to have control over that. I think that's his mindset. That is it for us here in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you. Appreciate you as always. Um, um, I know you've got the office night, but, you know, enjoy your holiday weekend. Yeah, I, I will try to do that, yep. That's it for us here in the Sports Pen. Enjoy your Easter weekend as well. Once again, for Ryan Steig, I'm Tanner Hoops on ESPN-UP.